Hi everyone and welcome back to Founder Sessions. Joining me today is Ollie Reeves of Compiled Social. Ollie, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, not so bad. Thanks, Carl. Thanks very much for having me. Great to have you on. And we're just talking off there, you know, I'm going to convert to be a customer (laughs) of Compiled. Um, Tell us more about Compiled and then we'll get into why I'm switching over. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I started Compiled in uh, 2017. Um, it's a tool which allows uh, creators and businesses to create one link to um, all of their online content. So um, as you can imagine, you know, uh, people like you, are, you and I, we're, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn. Um, but it's difficult if you're sort of networking with somebody or you want to, you know, help somebody find you or your business online. It's like, what do you send them to? Do you send them to Facebook? Um, what if they don't use Facebook? There's a bit of a, a gap there. Um, and that's where Compile comes in, the gateway to all of those platforms. So um, it gives the audience the choice of where they want to follow you. Yeah, and it's a, uh, your competitors out there are like Linktree and, and the like. Um, but we were just talking again off camera is the differences between Compiled and Link, Linktree. Uh, do you want to talk us through those um, differences? Absolutely, yeah. So um, Linktree started, I think, in 2016. Um, Compiled started a year later, and um, Linktree uh, sort of weren't weren't quite as big as they are, they are now back then. Um, I'd say the biggest difference is Linktree have very much gone down the creator route. So um, they target um, sort of Instagram influencers and um, that, that kind of thing. Uh, compiled has seen much more success with uh, businesses or professionals or um, sort of public figures um, a lot of politicians and, and, and that kind of um, sort of uh, category use compiled whereas yeah uh, Linktree is definitely better suited to uh, influencers and, and that kind of group. Yeah and the thing with Linktree great platform you know it, it does the job but there's a few factors that sort of limit people. And I was saying there before the design aspect, you know, being locked into those sort of templates. Yeah, they're beautiful and stuff. But when you have a, a business that is really on brand, mm, mm. Compile is, is different in that way. Am I right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, I think, as I mentioned, that it's the most common piece of feedback I, I receive. Um, you know, creators, as you can imagine, they just want to get a page made up really quickly. They might just want a default template or something that they can throw together. Whereas a brand which has brand guidelines and colors and fonts that they want to use, want to take that bit of extra time to customize uh, the page more fully. And that's where Compiled hits that sweet spot, I'd say. Yeah. So let's talk about before Compiled um what were you doing what what's what led you to the idea of of compiled sure yeah so i've, I've got a bit of a strange background I, I actually um was doing a degree in linguistics so um nothing related to tech or um entrepreneurship or, or anything like that um but i'd been uh developing flash games so if you i'm not sure if you remember likes of like miniclip.com and that kind of thing um, since I was maybe 14. So I uh, start, started developing those quite early on. So I had had a bit of coding experience, but nothing so much um, web-based. It was more just flash games and that kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, got, got to university, was doing a degree in linguistics. And to be honest, the, the idea really came from um, watching YouTube videos back, back then, uh, particularly I was, you know, I had quite a few people I subscribed to and I'd watch them on a regular basis. But in their sort of YouTube video descriptions, there'd often be this absolute massive list of uh, follow me on Facebook, uh, you know, uh, like like my posts on Instagram, et, et cetera. Um, and then it just came from a sort of this aesthetics thing, I think. It was, you know, that, that doesn't look that, um, you know, pretty really. And it's not the easiest for someone uh, to read and, and find out what 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 link is actually which, um, and then I just got thinking, and I think it was actually in a conversation with my dad, um, which you know as you do you run, run these things by your family members I think, and I, I mentioned the idea, and he, he just said 
why not do it? Uh, and that summer, um, in my second year of uni, I just spent the whole summer uh, developing compiled V1, uh, which I have to say was nowhere near as nice or good looking as compiled is today, but that's, that's sort of how it got started, yeah. Brilliant. And obviously you asked your dad and obviously with, with parents, they either say, yeah, it's good, just crack on or, you know, did did you have any other conversations with people, friends, <laughs> maybe potential users? What was sort of the feedback from them? Yeah, well, that's I've just realized I've fallen into the mum test hole, trap there, haven't I? I've asked, I got and asked my dad, um, but I'm, I'm sure I did. It's, it's, um, it's hard to remember, to, to be honest, but I, I did have um, conversations with just about anyone I, I could get hold of. Um, and that summer, that, that's, that's what I dedicated that summer to in, in, in its entirety. Um, but what my, I think my priority was, and I still sort of believe in uh, this to this day, I, I, I totally believe in market research, you know, um, validating the idea and, and value proposition. But if you, in my eyes, if I could get a minimum viable product out as quickly as possible, even if it was the most basic thing ever, then I could test the response to that. And that's sort of what I did. So as I, as I mentioned, the, the sort of V1 of compiled, uh, to be honest, it was, it was terrible. But the fact that it was terrible and I managed to ask a few questions around it and prod, prod ideas out to people, um, I could then iterate from there, if that made sense. Yeah, I think it, a lot of startups, they test, test and test again. But sometimes, like what you did, you just need to get it out there. Yeah. Um, it's so a funny one. <laughs> it is because you know people kind of are scared of it, aren't they? They mm. they don't want to put something out there, and the person absolutely hating it, and then that's their perception of you mm. <laughs> forever. But I think you, taking the leap of faith, especially as a as a solo founder, and now to where you are, it is huge learning curve, and it's been a positive one as well. So. In the original version of Compiled, obviously now it's much better. You can fire people off to Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Back then, what what, what did it look like? <laughs> Honestly, I think if I showed you a screenshot, you'd uh, you'd you'd wince and and cringe at how how the UI and and that side of things was was laid out. Um, I think back then it was literally they could it was just about they could paste a, a load of links on a, onto a web page and i think that's as sort of uh, advanced as it got um and to, to be honest uh, it, it's interesting what you you mentioned there about you know what people will think of you and how people will see the brand especially if you release something that you're not not quite proud of because to be honest um just as you were saying that i was reflecting and some of those users who signed up in 2017 when it really was the most basic kind of platform you could imagine have ended up being <laughs> my most loyal sort of customer base. Um, and I think that's because you, you're able to generate this feeling that they're part of the journey or, and you know, of course they are, you know, they're, they're your sort of, um, you know, they're the people who sort of end up vouching for you and, and can say, oh, I, I've, I've been using this platform since, day one and uh in 2017 and look at how it's it's grown and and improved um so it yeah it's a, it's a it's a funny balance but i think um if you can get an mvp out there i'd i'd say it's it's always a good option yeah and especially getting what you did getting those early adopters in because mm -hmm. those are the ones that you can really lean on uh I'm probably guessing that you do you speak to these early adopters often Absolutely. So I'm I'm a big big advocate of sort of user centric design and all all those sort of um, terms that that are sort of thrown about. But uh, I think it's it it's unbelievably true. You know, um, every just about every single decision I've uh, ever made uh, with the platform has been based on the conversation I've had, and, and it's normally with one of those early adopters, as as you say. And I think that's ultimately what sort of forms a, a really great product. And it's it's a bit of a balancing act between, you know, uh, your vision for the product and what users are, 
a saying, but I think as you sort of <laughs> stay on that fine line, you 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 end up okay. Um, particularly as a solo founder, that that feedback from those early adopters has just been invaluable um, and still still remains invaluable to this day. Really, no, it's brilliant because I've seen a, a lot where I think I think it was James Allen in the in the past podcast says for his product he built a developer's app, so it was the app, but in his vision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then when the when he started speaking to users, it all changed the look, the feel, the you know, instead of clicking three buttons to get to point B, you click one to get to point B. It's the sort of those sort of little changes that you do. And yeah, so early adopters, getting them to stay on as well is is awesome as well. So you built it in uni. Um uh, what year was that? Uh, so it was my second year of uni and that was around 2017. 2017. So you've been solo solo founder since then? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. What what uh well firstly, are you are you enjoying it? Is that's the main big question. <laughs> Depends what, what time of the day you ask me because or time of the night, I should say. Because uh no, I I mean I, I'm I'm kidding because I absolutely, you know, love it, um re- really in, enjoy it and it's been such a, a a good project to to have really uh but of course there have been times where it's been four in the morning so something's gone wrong there's been a bug and you've you're as a solo founder there's no other option than to, to sort of fix, fix it yourself um but in the at the end of the day it's all it's all worth it for sure you know uh to, to be honest that the only regret i have is not doing more and to be honest you know i've uh, and and by that I mean, um, you know, starting earlier if possible, and uh, you know, potentially even just spending more and more hours at when I was at uni on it, uh, because it it it's really grown into something um, quite great, and you don't realise that when you first start out <laughs> sometimes, but um, it, it's worth all the sacrifice for sure. Yeah, yeah, because in hindsight you could be saying oh i should have spent an extra hour here and there mm. but then when you lay it out on paper you, you've you've it's generating your revenue it's out there you've got users mm-hmm. high profile users you gotta look back and say it oh, pretty well there haven't i <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah um i suppose that's that's one element of being a solo founder as well it is a bit of an echo chamber and if if I feel like if you as an individual aren't feeling great about something, then the, the company starts to, um, you know, in terms of it moving forward, it starts to stagnate because of you. So you've got to look after yourself as much as you've got to look after the company. Um, and you sort of, from what I've read, you know, you, you see that a lot with, with solo founders. Um, but uh, I think there is a truth to that. Yeah. Uh, it's like with anything, you've got to look after yourself mentally too do the long hours and putting the hard <laughs> yeah. work and stuff and you know we, we sit here and talking about oh it's long hours and those and people listen and watch and be like oh well i don't want to do a startup it seems really stressful <laughs> but it's like if you listen to ollie now and you listen to all the past guests that we've had on the podcast it's like yeah it's long hours you will cry but at the end of the day you're going to be happy and you're going to love it because that's that's what this is <laughs> absolutely and all i'd add to that is it's long hours but it's on work that you thoroughly enjoy or or you or at least you'd hope that you thoroughly enjoy because it's something that you know it's you know it's your sort of you know whether you're a part of a co-founding team or you're a solo founder it's still your sort of baby and and it's exciting and you can see the actual results of changes you make um instead of you know long hours where it might be um you know a report that just gets filed away and then it doesn't really do much beyond that in a sort of startup environment i think seeing the impact of your changes is what really sort of motivates motivates me at least yeah likewise even the smallest of wins if you've got like an inch closer to where you want to be it's <laughs> like that's a big thing <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. So what have been the main challenges as a, as a solo founder? You mentioned there, it's like a bit of an echo chamber. What else has, has sort of been challenging? Yeah, so I, I think um, the, the echo chamber element is, is probably the main one. Um, 
it's it's difficult when you don't quite have uh, the the idea the someone to bounce the ideas off if that makes sense. So uh, you know, I mentioned my dad there, and he's he's sort of been a someone I've occasionally bounced sort of a strategic idea off, but eventually it it, it grows to be you know something much bigger than that. I think that's when um, you know help from uh, you know Paul Lofthouse, our, our senior author, who introduced us, um, has been really beneficial and um, advisors from Newcastle University as well, um, where I went to uni. So I think as much as you're a solo founder and you're sort of in this echo chamber, as much as you can uh, keep yourself accountable and and reach out to advisors that you have available to you, that that that's really beneficial in in the long run. Um, and it stops you from, uh, yeah, being, being in this echo chamber where you, we, which you can't really escape. Um, but uh, other than that, you know, the, there are there are elements to it which are difficult when you're solo, I suppose, um, in terms of uh, risk or, or uh, maybe things like, you know, as, as I mentioned, the uh, the sort of time of night and, and responsibility and, and that kind of thing and you sort of you do sort of have to wear all the hats so and obviously every startup founder whether you're in a team you still end up wearing all the hats but um it's probably uh, exaggerated a little bit when you're solo because it's like oh marketing i've i've got no idea you know and you've just got to sort of dive headfirst into it and and take those take those risks and something could go wrong um but it's it's all worth it in the end yeah yeah um many hats is is a term used so so often yeah and it's like from the outside from people from the outside looking in they'll be like oh he's, he's good at marketing he's got a good product and all that sort of stuff but like from my point of view it's 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 all self-taught isn't it it's like you look on youtube you look at what other startups are doing you sort of just well let's be honest no filler here you basically copy them to, to make it and put your own spin on it. Um, there's no ifs or buts about it. Love, love the honesty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's true though. <laughs> yeah, that's why you see a lot of sort of startup founder influencers. You know, they, they've just watched a few Gary V videos and now they're <laughs> telling people to use TikTok every day. That's that's how it goes. But but at the end of it, it, it all has the goal of product is like this is my product going out there you, you're marketing and all that sort of stuff yeah it's self-taught yeah it's a bit gorilla but you know it's it's all skills that you learn anyway mm -hmm. um i just want to go back on the point where you spoke about advisors mm. now advisors are mentors you know the the there's hundreds of them mm. but what are the the big pros of having uh not necessarily an advisor or a mentor but just having that sounding board th that neutral sounding board that you can come in and say oh i've got this idea this is my problem and then they've given you some honest advice back just how beneficial is that to to anyone really I, I, personally i'd say hugely beneficial um you know and i think the a lot of that benefit comes from the accountability. So you often find that an advisor or a mentor holds you very much accountable. Um, and I've gone into um, a call with, um, you know, a, an advisor, and I've and I've said something, and I've been shut down straight away. But then you take a, then it forces you to take a step back, and then I've realised like, oh, actually, you know, that that's exactly right. Um, it maybe that wasn't the right way to go or the, the, the right way to think about it. And it, it's, it's just having an extra pair, pair of eyes on something sometimes. And um, obviously a, a lot of advisors have, have been there and done that. So they might be able to help you avoid the pitfalls that, um, you know, they might have experienced in the past. Um, and, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say it's, um, you know, re really important to get that kind of advice um, and, everything is self-taught at the end of the day, as, as, as you sort of described there and learning off other people or learning from people who've, um, you know, had, had the experience before you, it's, it's um, really important to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I, I like your point there about 
being shot down. It's like one, would it be a skill? We'll just say it as a skill. One skill you need to learn as an entrepreneur is learn to be humbled because you'll speak to hundreds of people, you know, whether they're on the same journey as you or they've been there, done it, and, you know, got the t shirt and all that jazz. If they shoot down your idea, don't like, <laughs> don't take us as a knock on you. Mm. It's, it's coming from a place of like genuine feeling, and we've been here, so this is why we're shutting it down. Yeah, it's it's never a nice feeling on the spot, as as we both know, but it helps you grow and learn, doesn't it? Oh, de de definitely. Yeah, I mean, I can give, I can think of one example off the top of my head. Ever ever since I started compiled, just about. And, and this is from, from users, from advisors, from, from friends. Why have you named it that? Why have you named it compiled? You know, and, and since I've, I've thought, oh, you know, met, you know, talking about building a product as a developer, compiled is a pretty technical word. And, you know, that's probably a mistake I made from, from day one. Um, and sadly, it reached a point where it was like, oh, could I, could I rebrand now or ch change the name now? It might be a bit, bit difficult, but, um, Again, you know, as you describe, I didn't take that. Um, or maybe the first time it happened, I was maybe a bit like, oh, no, I, li I like the name, you know. But um, you do uh, have to take that kind of thing on the chin. And it's not it's not about you. It's just a tr them trying to help you more than anything. It's, it's a piece of advice, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, to be honest, I, I like the name. You know, you're compiling <laughs> socials. It just does what it says on the tin, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like what else would you call it? <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had all sorts of ideas uh, suggested to me over the years, but yeah. <laughs> so we spoke um, last week about how your funding compiled. Mm. Let's talk about how how you're funding it. You said you were bootstrapping. Let's talk about you know that process and is it difficult? You know, let's talk through aspects of bootstrapping. Absolutely. Um, so, to, to be totally honest, when I first started Compiled, I probably didn't even have awareness of, or um, I certainly didn't have the knowledge I do now um, of, you know, opportunities to fund a business or, or options around that. You know, the 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 only way I had in my head was to to bootstrap. Um, and obviously, again, the beauty of hindsight, you, you realise there are other options available. Um, but yeah, I, I took the bootstrapping sort of route, which, as you can imagine, as a student was was pretty challenging. I I didn't <laughs> didn't have much <clears throat> spare spare cash or, or or anything like that. I I actually took a um, part time job at Newcastle Uni, and then the the money I'd make from that I'd put towards compiled, and that's how I sort of made it work. Um, obviously, in addition to my sort of student loan keep keeping me alive, um, but. Uh, that that's sort of the the way I, I worked around it and yeah it, it is a challenge you know I, I'm sat there thinking like oh I really want to just uh, you know I really want to try this marketing campaign but the budget's going to be you know uh, say three thousand pounds let's just let's just say where where am I going to get that money from you know and you you've got to just take things bit by bit and even though in in, in that way it is a disadvantage because um, you maybe can't try things quite as much or you don't have that freedom. On the other hand, it keeps you very lean, I will say. Um, it, it, you know, it forces you to think about the cost at all times. And um, uh, I'm constantly looking at you know, any monthly expenditures and just thinking, you know, do I really need to be doing that? Probably not. Um, and, and sort of take that out. Um, and then I suppose on the same theme of marketing, you do sort of explore more uh, guerrilla marketing ideas or things where you don't have to sort of, you know, get, get your wallet out. You can, um, you can get a viral loop going, uh, from early adopters, for example, is, is a, is a method that I found really successful, you know, um, getting people who already use your product to sort of, uh, help market it for you or, or on your behalf. And, um, and that's really worked well for me and, and, and that's, you know, very low cost, but, um, yeah, so bootstrapping comes with both advantages and disadvantages, I'd say. Yeah. But one thing, again, it's, it's self-teaching you is mm. managing your budget. 
Mm. Do I pour 20 pounds in here or do I pour 20 pounds in here? It's sort of the, the, the sort of probably the weekly scenarios that you find yourself in as a, as a bootstrap founder. Mm. But I think if you can, you know, if you're generating revenue as well, which is awesome. So it's, it's clearly working. And I think anyone looking in thinking, oh, he's building something and it's all off his own back. You know, people are just going to like say, commend you on that. It's just doing fantastic. Um, we also spoke because last week I do the term of the week stuff and it was bootstrapping. So I was <laughs> like, oh, this is, this is, uh, ideal. Mm. And do you really get granular with the, the bootstrapping, um, forecasts? Are you, are you working out your food budget for ramen noodles and things like that? Like we mentioned, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was at one stage. Yes. I, I have to say, um, and I, I remember having conversations where I was joking, you know, you'd, you'd go into the shops and it's like, oh. I want two packets of crisps, but I can only afford one, <laughs> you know? Um, so there was, was that, uh, you know, certainly a phase where it, it was like that, but, um, again, it's a great story. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it forces you to stay very lean and to budget, as you say. And, um, you know, as, as you mentioned from, you know, people outside looking in are always really supportive. I have to say, um, you know, that, tend not to you know question it they, they tend to applaud the um you know the, the risks that you take and, and that kind of thing just um so i'm just trying to speak to people you know potential viewers who are thinking about you know bootstrapping like i'd, I'd say absolutely go for it and um it's 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 worth the you know living off pot noodles occasionally it's it's worth that sacrifice yeah and i think it shows you unquestionable passion for it because mm. You would buy that extra pack of crisps if you weren't passionate about it, but you are passionate, so you just stuck for the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, I love that. That's brilliant. And throughout your time, what are sort of the biggest lessons that you've learned um, while doing this? That's that's a good question. Um, it's it's difficult to pin it down to one thing at times because the the uh, there's just so much that you have to self teach. Um, I think for me, it just broadened, broadened my knowledge of um, running a business, of of um, owning a owning a product like Compiled. Um, I what my experience very much was technical. Um, it was all about the code, and it was all about um, you know which button goes where in the nitty gritty side of things like that. Whereas this sort of broadened my my view um, a, a whole lot, you know. Um, and I now spend as little much uh, as little time as possible um, on the technical side and coding, and force myself to spend time on marketing and um, sales and, and and that kind of thing. Um, and to be honest, you end up loving those just as much as you love the sort of original um, sort of discipline that you might have might have come from. And I'd say that's the the main learning point for me. It's being able to adapt and and learning those those different disciplines yeah because with the technical side it's only you can only push it so far it's like mm. you're eventually gonna have to spend less time there and on the marketing side and how are you finding the marketing side of of your startup again it's if if, if i were to show you the sort of marketing material that i'd produce three, four years ago, it was, um, you know, really not, not great. I didn't, didn't really follow brand guidelines. It was very sort of hit and miss. And I didn't have the experience of the software or the, the tools that I use now, um, to produce marketing material. And, um, I didn't have an overarching sort of strategy, whereas, um, now I have the right tools. Now I, I have an overarching strategy, um, and just have more of a, a plan or a vision for, where the marketing side of things um, goes, uh, but um, I think just self-education in, in in that sense is is really important. I'm I'm constantly trying to read a book alongside 
developing, compiled, or, or building on a um, campaign or whatever it might be. I, I try and identify weaknesses in in the sort of um, different disciplines and, and, and find a book that might help me, um, you know, patch that up a bit. So I'm, I'm not so, quite so clueless in, in that area. Um, but yeah, hope, hope, hopefully that's, um, <laughs> that's that's a good answer to that that question. But I think just just constant self-education, yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Just reinvesting in yourself because, mm. you know, you, you could pick up a new book and you could learn 10 more new things that you can try in your business. Um, and it's it's clearly working. It's trial and error as well. It's like like you mentioned there, like four years ago, your designs weren't the best and now they've improved. It's like if you can say that self-improvement, then something you're doing is working. Yeah. Uh, I remember designs i've done and it's i i come from that mindset of i need to have all this information on one page and all this one graphic everyone needs to know everything in one bit mm, mm. But, but then you learn it's like less is more and you know, yes yeah. little, little <laughs> tricks like that you know oh, you don't need a wall of text with a badly cropped image <laughs> <laughs> have the image and then have the text somewhere else <laughs> but it's 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 fun isn't it like mm. just trial and error i think we're a bit weird because maybe we like failing because mm. you learn from that failure i don't know if you feel the same no I, I, absolutely yeah um failed plenty of times i have to I have to say um but you, as you sort of describe you always come out the other side um better off and um what, what do they say sort of fail first and all, all, all that kind of thing um but i think think that's essential and, and the trial and error aspect is is so important um and eventually you, you, you you'll find something that works yeah yeah and it's again going on the the mental health side it's like if you do fail um yeah obviously you're going to feel a bit shitty about it but it's what you take away from that failure, like the mm. learning from it. Uh, I've done it plenty of times. You've probably done it plenty of times as, as well, Ollie. It's like, okay, I've, I've I've failed there. I know where I failed. And now next time around, I can minimize that sort of risk and make a better job of it. So some good stuff. And throughout your compiled journey or just your journey as, a, as an entrepreneur, is what's been the, the most rewarding sort of aspects of this for you yeah I'd, I'd say um the most rewarding part of it has been developing that sales and marketing side of um of the business and to, to be honest the, the biggest piece of advice i'd i'd give because it is so exciting especially as someone from a technical background and something that really excited me um i, I got really into sort of cold emails and you know you know really constructing these these emails that were so personalized and um i'm certainly not an expert but you know I've, I've i've i failed and failed and failed with this sort of cold outreach um and i never got anywhere with it uh and again just through trial and error made that learning um and then i managed to get some really really high profile users on just again through through cold emails and what you know brands that are known worldwide and i feel like i have this and i'm i'm, I'm not sure but I, I i assume some viewers would feel the same as someone from a technical background i had this idea in my head that some people or some brands were just unreachable you know um you couldn't ever dream of of selling to them or even getting through to someone who who, who represents them um and the most rewarding thing for me has been the proof that that's not true um you know be i i learned sort of <laughs> i don't want to say be brave but it, it for me it was it was like so unnatural for me to start strike up a conversation with someone or or at least try to and that was really rewarding you know forcing yourself into those uncomfortable positions you know sending that email making that phone call whatever it might be and you find that at the end of the day people are just people and you can um get through to just about anyone and, and they're often quite happy to hear about what, what you have to say or um, interested in in um, what you have to offer um, and uh, it's, it's not 
not always as sort of uh, doom and gloom as 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 I sort of originally saw it. But that's that's what was most rewarding for me. I've I've, I've really learned been through that learning process, and um, I'm out, out the other side, thankfully now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's the, what I'm picking up there is the persistence. It's like mm. you may not get an email back, you may not even open it, you know. But it's that persistence of keep trial error, trial error, and it's sort of that getting over that um fear of being taken seriously mm. um that's sort of eradicated when you catch one you know from your yeah. email you know yeah. it's like fishing terms you know you 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 put it out there to catch a, a big fish and then when one comes back you're like <clears throat> shit what do i do now <laughs> i've got one <laughs> exactly yeah yeah I want to talk on, obviously, from a technical side, and my background wasn't in sales at all. So how did you find selling in the early days? What were the feelings there? To, to be totally honest, and this is probably one of the, you know, one of the, the failures that I did have. Um, I, I didn't sell at the start. I didn't put any as, as near as, as much focus as I should have done into selling um, and that was a, a big pitfall but once I forced myself and learned you know I'm, I'm, I'm gonna need to spend some time away from the tech and and um, spend it selling um, it felt very unnatural felt very un uncomfortable um, as, as you say you know felt like people wouldn't take you seriously or um, uh, you were just sort of going to be uh, brushed off a, a lot of the time, um, but again, it's it, it's not the reality. Um, people people were always happy to hear um, from from any sort of outreach that I, I did, and um, I, I almost find the sales side um, as fun as the the technical side these days, which I w I would never have imagined a few years ago that I'd be saying, but I think that is true. Yeah, because. Um, it is weird, isn't it? Because you're reaching out to someone completely unknown. Mm. Um, it's like a, it's sort of the start of something potentially new, even if it's just adding them on LinkedIn, you know, mm. not necessarily mm. making a sale. But yeah, I found it, I still find it a bit awkward when it's like fresh new people because you want to make a good first impression. Mm. Um, I'm just having flashbacks to when I was in working for a creative agency and I was handed the phone as like, tell this guy about Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone wanted me to explain to them why Facebook should be good for their business. And I, I was mumbling. I was, mm, uh, mm, uh, you, well, everyone's on Facebook. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, getting out of your comfort zone, <laughs> in my case, being thrown at the deep end, trying to, <laughs> trying to sell Facebook to someone. But yeah, it's it's one of, again. It's one of those skills that you need to learn. Mm -hmm. Sales marketing. It's like you can spend so much on your technical aspect, but if you can't, you know, market it or sell it properly, it's like it, it, it's never going to be perfect, is it? I mean, mm -hmm. the sales pitch that you do could change next week, just to fit who you who you're speaking to. But it, it's never truly perfect, is it? It's, you're always iterating on what you're saying or your messaging and things like that. Absolutely, and um, just tying into what what you were saying there, especially about that initial contact, where it's like, oh, you don't you don't know them, and it's maybe a bit awkward or that kind of thing. And um, you know, in terms of strategy or or the the pitch that you, you sort of give, from my experience, the thing that helps most with, with getting up over all of that is spending the time to find out a little bit about them, whether that's in the initial contact or or even before the initial contact. You know. If they have a blog, read a few of their posts. If, if they've got a podcast, listen to a, a few episodes of their podcast. And that that sort of pays them the respect of, you know, you're not just sending them a random email. And, and they also appreciate that and respect that. And they're more likely to reply to you, I think. Um, but yeah. so I think that's um, one learning I've had in, in sort of making that initial contact less sort of uh, or remove the friction from from that initial message yeah yeah it's basically prospecting one-on-one isn't it yeah you, you do a bit of research behind them mm. but even before 
our call last week, I only knew very little about you. Paul had mm. talked about you a few times and told me how he was how he was helping you and all that stuff. But other than that, I, I knew literally nothing about you. Mm, mm. And the call last week, it was like we cracked a few jokes and we got comfortable <laughs> and then we started talking. <laughs> yeah. I'll just give away my sales secrets there. <laughs> Um, no, that's, that's very yeah. that's a very good point you know and, and we did you know um i think most of the call was just having a bit of a laugh more than anything yeah yeah it's i think again it's it's the relationship you build with that person mm. whether it be sales or getting a guest on a podcast or anything like that it's like if the, you don't have that sort of rapport then it's it's not gonna go anywhere really yeah um so yeah, some some great tips, and the biggest tip from all of this is, you know, try it. If you fail, that's okay. Learn from it and try it again. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned uh, some advice there before. Um, do you have any advice that's really helped you, and do you have any advice that you really want to pass on to people watching or listening? Um, oh, again, there's there's so much. I'm trying to think i think i've probably already touched on the, the biggest piece of advice um and that has come from encouragement from advisors and, and that kind of thing and to really sort of get me out of my shell almost um to send send that email make make that phone call um don't don't hesitate or talk yourself down or or out of it um you know i, I don't want to go into the cliche of imposter syndrome but it is almost imposter syndrome and you can face that but um you know Try and avoid that as much as possible. Just um, take take the leap and and trust trust yourself. And at the end of the day, if it goes wrong, there's no harm done. There's never any harm done. Yeah, that's very true. And I think the leap of faith and all the other sort of sayings you can put on it, imposter imposter syndrome and all that. Mm. Yeah, it, it's there. It happens, but you know. You're probably one button away from having a new client. Or yeah, it's the way the world works. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's so it's easier to not do it. Yeah, in some cases, <laughs> you know, you could spend an hour writing a a, a LinkedIn message to someone mm. and then not send it. It's like you've done all the hard work. The easiest part was just send it. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll tell you tell you a funny one. Um, this was back when I very much was still sort of trying to reach out to influencers or um, you know people on from TV and, and that kind of thing. And, and I actually actually sent an email to Katie Price and uh, of all people, and I and I actually got a response as well. And I was, and then you know there before you like oh, I'm you're never going to get a response to this. You know millions of followers. You know massive following on social media all the rest of it um and then yeah straight away got a response didn't ever convert into an actual being an actual user or anything but again it was it was worth the conversation it was worth the um one or two emails back and forth and um i think again you'd be surprised of, of who you can reach you know ne never would have expected to be able to reach that kind of person yeah you said it very early on is they're just people you know, it doesn't matter of their social status. If you've got something that solves their problem, then they're going to speak to you. Mm. Um, but I've got to ask now: if you if you're name dropping people, who who are sort of the celebrities or that you've got uncompiled? <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, um, I've, well, um, government department for digital, um, the prime minister, the chancellor, um, uh, Savannah Clark, who's a musician in Australia. Um, Dogs of Instagram, very popular Instagram account. Oh, um, Luna Made Games, which is like a video, they're a video game development company. Um, I, I've never actually played one of their games. I really should. I should get one installed, but um, I know they're, they're very popular. Uh, but yeah, I think that's off, off the top of my head. They're, they're the sort of um, some of the, the, the names out there. And, and most of those did come just from, from a cold email. No, that's brilliant. And it's, it's, can you get a testimony off the prime minister? Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, just, not... <laughs> just cheekily ask for him. Hey, Boris, well... you fancy doing a testimonial for us? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I was fortunate enough to be invited to 10 Downing Street. Um, so I, I, I was a really, you know, exciting opportunity again. Something where if I'd not, um, if I'd not carried compiled out and and sort of followed through with it, it, it never would have, would have happened. Um, I've, I've never actually spoken to the, <laughs> the prime minister or 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 any of the the politicians. To be honest, it's it's just you know they they have teams that work around yeah, that, that yeah. kind of thing. But um, no, really really grateful to be honest for for them taking the sort of chance chance on compiled and on me. Yeah. No, it's brilliant to see. And, and this year, Ollie, twenty twenty two. What do you want to achieve? What do you want to overcome? Just, mm. just let me know what your goals are. It's a really good question. I mean, personally, I'm, I'm a big, I'm actually a big fan of uh, resolutions, and I've, I've got my own sort of personal development resolutions that I've, I've set for the year, and I'm constantly sort of working towards those. And those include reading books that I know are going to be helpful to me, and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, and in terms of compiled, um, it's currently sitting around. 25,000 users um, and as, as you sort of expect with these sort of SaaS platforms, the growth is often exponential and I'm, you know, hoping to, to double that um, and uh, work, work out that, you know, the right, like right path towards that. Um, but I'd say, I'd say those are my, my sort of goals at the moment. Um, but We'll we'll see. Um, I, every every day is a new day, and I'm <laughs> just trying to you know that iterative process and um, make make the most of every day. Yeah, that's very true. And are you one day looking to build out a team, or is it are those long term plans? I, 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 that's a good question. I, I did actually um, have an intern um, from Newcastle University join me for um, a few months last year, and that was really great. Um, uh, really loved having someone to sort of help out and and they to be honest that's where a lot of the marketing knowledge I have now came from because um, I was able to sort of learn from from them and that was um, that that was fantastic uh, I think in the the long term for compiled I, I, I don't think it'll ever be um, a team project I think it's managed very it's quite self-serve so it's managed very well right now um with just the one person but i do potentially see compiled becoming one of a suite of products or a part of something much bigger in which case there definitely have to be sort of um you know a, a, a team behind things and it would um naturally naturally grow that way um but compiled in itself yeah it's just just grown quite and scaled quite nicely um with with me behind it yeah, and what I like is, you know, you've done it off your own back, you've bootstrapped it, solo founder, is you've got the freedom and control to make those decisions. Mm. You know, some people are a bit tied in with certain aspects, but, you know, from from my perspective looking in, is like you've got a lot of options and a lot of good ones as well, so it's exciting, exciting times. Uh, you mentioned there you, you read a lot of books. I, I just want to know if there's any sort of, books that have really helped you that people should should check out yeah sure um to, to be honest a lot of the books i read and this is this is quite a funny one but um i read the four you know like the four dummies series you know blah blah four dummies and that i think they're great um and i know they're the they're designed for dummies but to me they're, they're very informational and like actually help a lot and they're quite easy reads so if i'm interested in a new topic that's that's what i jump into um in terms of sort of um startup or, or personal sort of ambition um i read one uh, last year called uh, the alchemist um i can't can't remember the author's name now but the, the book's called yeah, the alchemist i think it's a, is it novel I, I can't i can't remember but it's yeah. a very popular one and i know yeah. it's it's all about you know um, it follows the story of someone who um, either follows their dream or doesn't follow their dream, and um, <laughs> I, I don't want to go that deep into it. But um, you know, as you can imagine, uh, when they follow their dream, they they find that um, they've actually you know 
discovered and learned so much along the way whereas when they just sort of settled and 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 stayed where they were and and didn't follow their passion they just sort of grew grew older and and um uh, you know weren't, weren't quite as fulfilled in in that sense but it's it's a good sort of it is a sort of fiction book but it's got a good narrative behind it yeah no that's great you mentioned early on the the, the mom test as well mm. I, i'm a huge advocate for the mom test and uh it's actually yesterday someone was asking us about like how do i speak to customers and stuff i goes well here you read this book it's like no it's like oh great <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah. and i yeah. do have to explain the mom test is not a book on how to be a good mother it's about how to speak to customers properly and there's something in there about your mother's lying to you or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well i was i was just gonna say is it i i always find because it's it's mom isn't it but i'm always yeah. like mum and then some people like the, the mom test, test. <laughs> <laughs> the mom test yeah. and it's bright pink as well so you would think <laughs> it's a book on parenting <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure some people have picked it up and got very confused <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great book but there, there's so so many that that can uh that can help you but ollie this this hour has flew past and it has. it's been so good to have you on as well I just want to give you now the opportunity to let people that are watching and listening just tell them where to go, where they can connect with you, and you know what should they check out. Absolutely. So, um, if you're looking for one link to all your online content for your personal brand or for your your own brand or your business, um, please check out Compiled. Um, it's compiled.social. Um, but uh, and if, if any questions sort of came out of this podcast and you need to reach me. Um, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm always, you know, always happy to receive messages and that, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, th- thanks very much for the opportunity, Carl. As you say, it's, it's flown by and um, been a really good conversation. So thank you for having me on. Oh, great to have you on. And from myself at Nolly, this has been Founder Sessions and thank you.